Hey everyone, it's so good to worship the way we did today and pray the way we did as well, just spending some time connecting with God and immersing ourselves in his presence. Uh, I'm super excited because today we're going to continue a series we kicked off last Sunday called Living in Psalm 23. And uh, every week we're going to unpack this psalm slowly and we're going to start off every Sunday by actually reading it together. All right, so why don't you read it with me on the screen. We're going to be using the New Living Translation today. And let's, let's just start off with it right off the bat. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. We're going to jump right into the first verse of this psalm because the first verse sets the tone for the whole poem, for the whole song. The Lord is my shepherd. Another version says, I lack nothing. And, and when you think about the beginning of this psalm, it's really two main questions that David, who's authored this song or psalm, has, has, uh, has really, is really wrestling with. The first question is, who is God? And the second question is, who am I in relationship to God? Who is God? Who am I, relationship? Who am I in relationship with God? And this is so foundational for the life described in all the scriptures, obviously in this psalm, but also foundational for the kind of life that Jesus invites us into. The first words of this psalm, right? The Lord is my shepherd. David starts off by identifying who he's speaking to, who he's writing about. It's the Lord. There, there's three uh, primary names in the Old Testament that refer to God. Uh, one of them is Yahweh, often seen in your Bibles or our Bibles as the Lord in capital letters. Uh, another one is Elohim, and another one is Adonai. Uh, Elohim is often God's creative power, God's creative and governing power, you would recognize that through Genesis chapter 1 where God created the heavens and the earth and, and God created humanity. The word Yahweh describes God as, as like a, a, a self-sustaining being. Life within himself, not dependent on anything or anyone else for his existence. Adonai describes God more in the possessive sense. My Lord, my master, my teacher, my guide. The Old Testament often puts Yahweh and Adonai together. Yahweh, Adonai, to describe God as this personal covenant-making God. Makes a covenant with his people. So when David uh, writes this, he understands God as a governing power, as a self-sustaining being, as a master, as a guide, who he is in covenant relationship with. So important to grasp that right at the beginning. But then he says, um, the Lord is what? Is my shepherd. 
Now, as David is processing, uh, you know, who God is and, and, and how he can describe God and God in his life, I think at times, and, and you've probably felt this way, thinking, can, can this God be trusted? Is this God credible enough to lead my life? It, it, come on, you've probably thought that at some point. And especially if you're new to faith or even exploring faith, you might even having those questions right now. Can this God be trusted? Is, does he have the credentials to lead me? And here's David. David was a shepherd before he was a king. And he's remembering his own time as a shepherd, his own sense of caring for the sheep. And as he begins to think about God and he starts to describe him or think about him as a shepherd, he's like, yeah, I can see God that way. I can see God as a shepherd. See, ancient history or ancient times, a shepherd was not some easy or super simple vocation. I mean, sheep require meticulous attention. Read up on the art or vocation of shepherding and you will understand that a little bit. Sheep were rugged. They wandered off. They got themselves into trouble. They got themselves into messes. They got themselves into dangerous spots. They were not great at defending themselves. They needed provision. They needed care. And shepherds were these strong, capable, strategic people, full of compassion, but yet so courageous. And I think as, as David's writing this, I can imagine maybe he's recognizing the shift that has taken place in his own life, not when he wrote the psalm, but probably earlier on, when he's realizing, I am not in charge, nor should I be in charge. If you're familiar with Marvel comics or the storyline in some of the Marvel universe, you might know of the, you know, the collective group of superheroes called the Avengers. And uh, in the first movie that came out, which just started to describe how these five or six superheroes came together to defend, you know, the world or fight against the world's greatest threats, there's two characters in there that are kind of interesting ones, especially Iron Man and Captain America. Now, Iron Man is a guy named Tony Stark, and he's a hot-headed, rich guy, prideful, with a weaponized suit. So you can imagine kind of what he, he's like. Captain America is more cool-headed, modest, not rich, has no weaponized suit whatsoever. The Iron Man or Tony Stark, he's too cool and too suited up to care about anyone. As the story um, continues and these superheroes start to have to figure out what it means to work together, Iron Man begins to trust Captain America. Iron Man begins to see something in Captain America probably that he doesn't have. He sees his character. He sees his leadership. He sees his capacity. He sees his credibility. He sees his purpose on the team. And then there's, there's one moment where they begin to kind of work together to fight against this threat, and Iron Man just simply passes it on to Captain America. Hey, okay, tell us what to do. Tell us what to do, Cap. And like, he just listens to him. It's this shift that goes on in Tony Stark or in Iron Man where he's like, I am not in charge. I need to trust someone else in this moment. And he chooses to trust Captain America. I know it's a Marvel comic scene, but it makes me think of the shift that we, we have to go through in our lives if we truly want to understand who God is in our life, in our lives. This is how Psalm 23 starts off. David is basically saying, I am not in charge. God is credible enough to lead my life and maybe David had to go through battles or struggles or refining or reflection to get to this point. But this psalm tells us David figured this out, that he's 
not in charge. And that's the foundation for everything that comes next in this psalm and why we're focusing on this idea today. And, and there, there's one word in how David describes this that really changes everything. He says the Lord is not just a shepherd or the shepherd. He says the Lord is my shepherd. David personalizes this. David gladly calls God his shepherd. This is important because when David says this, he's implicating himself in the relationship in a weaker way. He's recognizing and admitting, acknowledging, the Lord is my shepherd. I am his sheep. Again, I am not in charge. I'm the sheep in this relationship. Now, the word my also says a couple of really important things. One of the things it says or tells us is that, that we are cherished. And this first part helps us understand this. If you know anything about shepherding or sheep, you would know that a shepherd puts a mark on the ear of each sheep. It literally puts a, a mark onto their ear. And that, that mark easily identifies the sheep from other sheep that are not part of that pen, from other sheep that are not under, uh, you know, this shepherd's care. And that means that these sheep who have the shepherd's mark have protection and have provision and have care. And so the, the shepherd's lifelong commitment to his sheep this faithful, sacrificial, covenant-like relationship that the shepherd has with these sheep. And David knows this of God, this special relationship that David begins to experience between him and his maker, between him and his creator, between him and his shepherd king, his shepherd God. Philip Keller, uh, he writes a commentary on Psalm 23 and actually has been a shepherd in his life, like he's owned, you know, a herd of sheep. And when he thinks about this, he describes it like this way. He says that this metaphor links a common lump of clay, human beings, to divine destiny. He also says it this way. He says mere mortals become cherished objects of divine diligence. It's just this idea that the sheep are cherished. That you and me, in God's eyes, we are cherished. But when David says, my shepherd, he, he doesn't just mean that we're cherished. He means that we're cared for. And not just cared for like we're cuddled or, you know, like we have this affection towards us. There's that part of it. But, but it's we're managed under his care. God is our manager in a sense. This obviously includes provision, but the heart of this, the heart of this is lordship. Just like we talk about the lordship of Christ. When, G when, when David says, my shepherd, there's this sense of lordship. God is, he's under God's management. He's under his care. He's saying, I'm his sheep. He's my shepherd. I exist in his pen. I exist in his world. I exist in his created order, in his love. Now, a lot of people, maybe you and me included at times, love to call God their shepherd until we realize shepherd actually means Lord. Shepherd means lordship. It's easy to claim God as shepherd if all we're looking for is some comfort from a greeting card. 
If all we're looking for is some TLC, you know, when someone comes alongside us when we're having a bad day, if, if maybe we want some spiritual intervention from God, we like to call God our shepherd, but we often mistaken this idea of being cherished and cared for with this somehow extreme individualism, like God just exists for us, like he's just going to meet a, a need and a want and a desire because we ask him. And it's like we run to him for every need and want and we assume worldly prosperity because, oh, God's my shepherd. And we kind of look at God as shepherd almost like a sugar daddy, almost like, oh, yeah, he's going to get me anything I want. And here's the key. Only when we recognize God as shepherd over us will we experience life under his care. Only when we recognize God as shepherd over us will we experience his care and life under his care. And that's exactly where this psalm starts. Exactly helping us understand who the shepherd is and who we are in relationship to him. And all the incredible things that we are going to see as we, we walk through this psalm are so beautiful and so wonderful and so helpful. But it's not possible without understanding our relationship to him. The sense of lordship. He's our shepherd. We are managed under his care. And so let me say this, because we've subtitled this series, Peace and Freedom in a World of Worry. Well, peace and freedom start under the lordship of Christ. Peace and freedom start knowing who God is. And that's why David can say, and I'm going to say it this way, because some writers will... uh, Translated right out of the Hebrew to say, if the Lord is my shepherd or if Yahweh is my shepherd, I will lack nothing. But that's, it starts with that if. It starts with that acknowledgement. Now let me bring you over to, over to Jesus for a second because consider Jesus' invitation to you and me. He said things like, come to me and I will give you rest. But what's first? Come to me. He says, save your, you want to save your life? You need to lose it. Take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. There's a great passage in the Gospels where we know it's the Sermon on the Mount. It's Matthew 6. Jesus has this incredible teaching for a few chapters in Matthew's Gospel. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus describes just how we can trust God as a heavenly father. That, you know, if God God clothes the lilies of the field and and feeds the sparrows and the birds, well, he's going to take care of us. And Jesus says, you shouldn't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink or wear. And then he comes down to this moment in verse 34. And it's such a great example of why the foundation of peace is actually lordship. Jesus says this, seek first my kingdom, seek first my righteousness, and then everything else will be added. In other words, you will find peace and you will find freedom in a world of worry when you seek my kingdom and seek my righteousness first. Then everything else will be added to you. But come to me first. Know who I am. Come under my lordship. And here's the beautiful thing, as we're going to unpack this later in the series. The natural result of the Lord being our shepherd, I will lack nothing. I will lack nothing. But it starts with who is God? And who am I in relationship to him? He is the Lord, my shepherd. I'm not in charge. That's the heart of it. 
Now, there's something I want to just close with. The early church had this incredible focus on the good shepherd. If you, you see it in the first few centuries, the frescoes and statues and mosaics and jewelry, even in some communion cups, you see the image of a good shepherd. Fascinating that, that they had discovered catacombs under the Vatican years and years ago. And they, they started to compare the different arts. Uh, an author by the name of Philip Schaff, Schaff he, he kind of highlighted this. There's a difference between the art of Catholics, Protestants, and the early church. Catholic art has crosses and crucifixion and purgatory and often prayer for the dead. Protestant art has, has hope and a sense of, uh, of the afterlife and a transition from death to life. But the catacombs, the early church, the first few centuries, you see images of fish, images of the vine, and images of the good shepherd. It's incredible. There, there, was, a, there was a city called Duro Europus. It was destroyed by the Persians in 267, never occupied again. But in the 20th century, there was an uh, archaeological dig, and they discovered a house church. And in that house church, they discovered a baptistry. And they discovered there that similar image of a good shepherd with holding a sheep. And we see these images over and over again, this childlike simplicity in the faith of the first century. It's not that some of the images that later came on from Catholics and, and Protestants and are, are not right, but it's something just so beautiful and organic and real about the images of the first century the good shepherd. It seems like they found everything they needed and everything they wanted in him and understanding he's their leader, he's their Lord. Jesus, the good shepherd. So as we wrap this up, if David, imagine David, he's writing this song, right? He's a king. He's like a warrior. He's a self-reliant, successful individual. Maybe in his era, he was you know, as smart, as strong, as powerful, as rich as a Tony Stark. Yet, he assumes the position of a sheep in relationship to God, his shepherd. He realizes, I'm not in charge. And that's the basis of what comes next, a life in a world of worry where we can actually find peace and freedom. And so this, this gives us the foundation for this psalm. It gives us the foundation for a life in surrender to God. It gives us the foundation for peace and freedom as we take this posture in relationship with God. Let's pray together. Our good shepherd. Lord, we're so grateful we can call you that. There's so many other images that help us know who you are. The cross, the resurrection, bread and wine, fish, the vine, but today, God, we focus on this beautiful theme. You are the Lord, our shepherd. And God, may we recognize who we are in relationship to you, that we're not in charge, that you are. That we call your son Jesus Lord of our lives. That we live in a relationship with you and we recognize the lordship of Christ over us. And we call him the good shepherd. And may we come to know that we are cherished and we are cared for under your 
lordship, under your management. But may that be the foundation of the life we seek. Because only in this posture before you, God, in this sense of faith and trust in you as Lord and Savior, will we find the kind of peace and freedom we're looking for. We look forward to how this unpacks over the next several weeks in this psalm. In Jesus' name we pray.